7.05 is the first pitch tonight, weather permitting in Baltimore. Is it 7 o'clock? It is 7 o'clock. We'll have a game on Sportsnet 590 to fan and Sportsnet. Barker and myself will do Blue Jays talk after the game. Bum, bum. Uh, yeah, so the weather is not looking good in the East Coast. Mm. Just looking at the Nationals and Mets have a doubleheader scheduled today, and the tarp is still on the field. I think it's a remnant of that storm working its way up the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the forecast in, in Baltimore was, or for Baltimore, was a little iffy today as well. I don't know how they'll play this out because the, the Jays-Orioles game is meaningless now. Uh, it, uh, the Jays have clinched home field advantage for the wild card. Um, and they have Mitch White and Yusei Kikuchi lined up to pitch, neither of whom are going to be in the roster. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't think would be on the postseason roster. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Uh, not that strange. Mm. <laughs> no. I guess not. No. <laughs> but uh, we'll wait and see how that, uh, how that factors into whatever decision is made tonight. I've got to think. I mean, I don't know. Kevin, if you're the Jays, do you uh, do you want to do you want to play any of these games? Well, there's a, well, obviously not, because you know where you're going and you know what you're trying to do. But if you do have to play them, how long do you play the main guys? Because you're trying to you're trying to keep it's, them sharp. To me, it's you got an, a couple of dudes who are hot now. It's entirely, and the only way you stay hot is to get it down and get it singing. It's entirely based on the field conditions. Entirely huh. based on the field. And conditions. who else you have to fill in the blanks? Yeah, I mean, I, I like who would play short. You take Bo out. Well, I think Otto. I I think Otto Lopez and Gabriel Moreno have we'll, to start. We'll get some have time to start a couple next of these to games. Absolutely. I I hope they would. I I see no point. Maybe Bo. You know, Bo wants to play every day, so maybe you keep Bo in the lineup. Does he? Yeah, I think not that's pretty days, obvious. Probably. Uh, what uh, is he chasing anything? Was he's not near two hundred hits, right? He's got one hundred and eighty nine hits or something like that. So that's not going to make any. Uh, it's not going to make any difference. I. That's a good question. Uh, I would hope, like hell, they keep George Springer out of the lineup. And put him in bubble wrap. Put him in bubble wrap. Yeah, I would just tell him to stay in a hotel room. Don't do anything. Get room service. Just don't yeah. move for the rest of the road. Got 188 trip. hits. Yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing. I don't know if there's anything there necessarily. Um, How many homers you got? Got 24 homers. That'd be nice to have 25. Maybe. I think Got 93 stakes. I, I, look, I think you have to have... If it's me, I have Bo in one game. I give Bo one day off. I give Chapman one day off. I don't have Biggio plays at first base for me. Vladdy DHs. Play tonight. Give him tomorrow off. Maybe. Yeah. No, maybe. Maybe. Tomorrow off. Again, it's going to depend on the field conditions. If it's wet and slippery, I don't want George Springer or Teoscar Hernandez running around after the balls in the outfield. But you got to keep them hot. This is true. Yeah. Um, Alex Avila is an MLB network analyst, former MLB catcher, and you can watch Alex across MLB Network's postseason programming, which will air live before and after every postseason game. As a matter of fact, you can watch him on MLB tonight at 8 p.m., and we're very pleased that Alex Avila uh, joins us in Blair and Barker. Alex, thanks so much for taking time out to – talked to us today uh look the jays have clinched home field advantage they made it a goal of theirs partly well everybody likes having home field advantage but also because of just everything they've gone through with covid and you know playing in 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 buffalo and 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 all of this this is kind of a 
sort of a point of emphasis for this team. I got to ask you, though, other than having the last at-bat of a game, is home field advantage worth anything, in, in, especially in a best-of-three series? Well, I think I think the home field advantage does play a little bit of a factor, maybe not as big of a factor as it does in other sports uh, in baseball. But one thing, and you had you'd mentioned it, I think it was huge for Toronto, though. I mean, and just having experience playing in the Rogers Center when that place is packed and rocking, it is a tough place to play as an opposing player, and it's one of the one of the best venues in baseball, I think. I mean, because the fans. It, it gets loud in there. It's nuts. And uh, I think it was actually a huge, it's a huge advantage for the Blue Jays going into the wild card round, looking like with the Mariners now. Um, because on the flip side, too, if it would have been the other way around and the Mariners had home field advantage, knowing what that franchise has gone through not being in the playoffs, it would have been, you know, a, a crazy atmosphere as well. But I think to your point, what the Blue Jays have had to gone through the last couple of years, not having that really quote-unquote home um, because of the pandemic and everything. Going to the playoffs, it's going to be an amazing uh, wild-card series in Toronto, I think, as far as the atmosphere. And I think we'll come into play a little bit. Sometimes, you know, and the, the reason why I say that is it helps when that momentum changes when you or when you need a momentum shift in a game. You know, there's always that feeling like, you know, somebody gets a big hit or your pitcher gets out of a jam um, and the, the place goes nuts about nuts. It's you know you you it, it gives that that feeling of uh, to to change that momentum. Alex, the last couple of games of the season here for the Jays doesn't really mean anything. What should the mindset be for the everyday guys going into these last two games before the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're still uh, you're, st- you're you're still trying to stay locked in. Um, you know, and and I've been a part of some postseason teams that, you know, we've clinched early on and the last few games didn't really mean much. And, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're I don't want to say it's like spring training because it's still, you know, a major league game um, that, that counts towards something. Some guys may be, you know, chasing some, you know, personal things as well uh, or incentives. Uh, so, you know, guys are still pretty much locked in as far as your everyday guys. Um you know, as a, as a manager, though, you're trying to make sure you're getting guys, you know, proper rest. I know one year um, when I was with uh, with Detroit, we had clinched uh, pretty early on in the last series of the year. didn't really mean much. And and Jim Leland actually used it. You know, he kind of played it like it was spring training. Even though we were locked in, he would make sure his starters, um, you know, his everyday guys, they got in there, they got, the, they got two or three at bat, and then he maybe, you know, uh, he lifted a couple of guys one game, and then the next game, the other two guys, another couple of guys, to give them a few innings off their feet uh, towards the end of the season. So that'll be the challenge for Schneider these next couple of days, just to you know kind of get that rotation around as far as getting some guys off their feet for a few innings. But um, it's still a matter of just trying to stay locked in. One of the things that really intrigues me about this postseason, and it's great having a catcher on to ask this, because it's going to be the first postseason with Pitchcom. And we know that this, mm-hmm. you mentioned, this place is loud. And I think right. I, I think baseball fans have now figured out that you know, it, it, there are times, it's almost, like, it's almost like getting loud when the quarterback for the uh, visiting team is down on the goal line or something like that, right? It's a, yeah. you, you, you've almost got that thing happening now. It, will will teams have to be like it, it, 
could that be any factor at all here? Well, should we expect to see teams maybe going more to the, you know, the catchers, the catcher's signs uh, as a backup as opposed to using PitchCom? No, that's a, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up. It's something I mentioned like in April when, you know, uh, we were talking about PitchCom and, and teams starting to try to get used to it uh, and things like that. And it was something we talked about. I was like, look, in these playoff series, especially like in Toronto, when that place can get loud, I mean, teams are going to have the, the, the Mariners, it looks, they're going to have to prepare to not be able to use that. Or, you know, because we've already seen it over the course of the the, the season at mm-hmm. times when in a loud environment, guys have a hard time, you know, hearing what's being said in that pitch com. Uh, or there's been some, like, you know, technical issues to where they have to make sure that there is a backup plan and you go to the, the more traditional signs uh, from the catcher, which could also, um, you know, uh uh, pose a problem if you know if, if you had a pitcher that has been using pitch com all year then all of a sudden he's got to go back to the traditional signs especially if there's a guy on second base going through multiple signs um you know then it swings back the advantage uh in the, onto the home team or the team that's uh on offense in that particular inning but it will be i think it will be an issue to where you will see teams either have to go to traditional signs or maybe some guys go you know just go to it uh, right off the bat and not even worry about uh, having to use the pitch com depending on the environment. Yeah, that and that gets back to the whole whole issues with rhythm and things like that. Yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, it's an easy way to interrupt the pitcher's, especially a starter. If a starter's mm-hmm. on a roll and is working quickly, it, it can interrupt his rhythm. And we all know what, what what starting what pitchers are like, but especially starters, they like to keep that rhythm going. Absolutely. Alex, I want to get your thoughts about the lineup for the Blue Jays. They're very right-handed going into the playoffs. You still think that will be an issue? For the Jays, well, um, you know they are they are right-handed, but I mean over the course of the last uh, you know couple of months, you know their the lineup has been you know showing what it's capable of. I mean, you know you, you have you know guys up and down that lineup that have been hitting really well, but you also have to look at your your options, you know, from the left side as well. I mean, it's it's you know who would you rather have, and yeah. you know that'll that'll be that'll be you know, that, that, that's the other uh, arg- um, argument there. Like, you know, like when you're looking at, uh, like, you know, would you rather have Whit Merrifield, you know, over, over Biggio or the other way around? Like those, those are the types of things you have to be looking at. Um, or, you know, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. in the lineup kind of thing, as opposed to, um, you know, one, one of your right-handed options. So, yes, they are right-handed heavy. Um, but, you know, when you look at the Mariners, you know, obviously, you're going to see you're going to see Robbie Ray probably in that uh, in that in that second game, but then you're, you'll see Luis Castillo as well. Um, I I think you have you have to make sure you just you go with the guys that got you there, and you know expect them. You know, if they're right-handed, they, they're everyday players. They still have to be able to handle right-handed pitching. Alex, should we be surprised that Whit Merrifield seems to have found whatever whatever was missing from his game through the first three or four months of this season? Because he looks, I mean, this. Lately, he looks like the guy we saw last year and the year before and the year before that with Kansas City. Yeah, he's really turned it on, um, like you said, lately. And I mean, I've I, I played against Witt uh, for a few years, being in the AL Central. And, you know, I can tell you he is, you know, you know his good years in, in, in Kansas City and what he's capable of, he is one of the toughest outs in the big leagues. 
And, you know, I think you're seeing that, you know, uh, you've seen that uh, lately uh, with Witt. I mean, he did, you don't get a nickname to hit Witt for nothing. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, you know, he if he's found something, if something's clicked to where, like, he, you know, found his rhythm, maybe found his hands a little bit, knows where the barrel's at, um, he could be a huge factor uh, going into these playoffs for the, for the Jays because, um, I mean, he is – He's a, he can be a table setter. He can be a guy that can drive and run. He, he has the ability to kind of do it all for you in the lineup from the offensive perspective. But then what he brings, you know, from a defense and base running perspective as well, um, there's not too many players with that kind of skill set that can impact the game in all facets. So, um, you know, it, it, it looks like he's found a, a much more of a rhythm than he did uh, earlier in the year. And, and all guys go through that. All guys go through those kind of struggles where they, you know, they have a few months, but, He's been so solid his entire career that um, it was only a matter of time that you know you you would think he would uh, be able to break out of that. And when you're a big leaguer, you're you're so close when you're struggling. You're like, you know, you're one at bat, you're one game away from kind of finding that and having it, having a click. And and like I said, he could be a huge asset going into these playoffs for the Jays. Alec Manoa is throwing game one. Is there one thing that you watch him when you watch him pitch that just you say, man, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, his 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 overall game is impressive, and you know the energy he brings. I mean, he's fearless. I mean, he is. Uh, that, that that's the one thing you want from your number one guy. You know, the the guy that you know every time goes out there is 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 win day, and you know you you know as a team you you have uh, incredible confidence that you're going to come out with a victory on the day he pitches. You want him to be fearless, and and that's that's what he is. That's what he brings to the table, uh, and he sets the tone for the game. Um, you know, for everyone else to be able to relax and kind of fall into place um, and do what they have to do, because he takes so much pressure off the rest of the team by, you know, being able to, um, you know, perform the way he does. And he has been extremely impressive. I mean, that fastball slider combination, uh, and, and he's such an imposing figure out there. Um, you know, he's been fun to watch. Um, and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed watching him as a South, South Florida native. So, hmm. um, been, uh, been, been fun seeing a guy from, uh, from, from uh, my hometown, uh, uh, doing that. So he's, he's been good. And, and I expect him, and that's the other thing. Like, he's had a couple of really good seasons and he's jonesing to be able to, to show what he can do at the, on the biggest stage and in the postseason. Alex, I wanted to uh, just jump beyond the Blue Jays for a minute and ask you about the National League East and about the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Do we read anything into that weekend series and, and the way the Braves were able to beat both both Scherzer and Degrom? Do you know should should who should read more into it? Do you think the Mets or the Braves? Well, um, I, to be honest, yeah, I don't think you know um, either team are you know kind of looking as much into it as like, let's say us media members or the fans are kind of looking into it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at how the Braves and the, and the Mets, you know, season has gone, the, the Mets have been playing really good baseball all year. The break and the reason, and it's not like the Mets have mm-hmm. kind of coughed up this NL and at least lead. The Braves have just been playing out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you can't, you can't talk about like the Mets, you know, losing this division. It's more about the Mets just going out there or the Braves going out there and taking it um, with the way they've played. Um, and I, I mean, I, as a player, you look at it as just like kind of a bad weekend, even though, 
you know, there was a lot of hype over the over that weekend. And as a player, I mean, it, that that weekend, last weekend was all about trying to win the division for both teams. Right. And so it was a huge series. But, you know, the the Braves were just, you know, they had momentum going into that series against, you know, the two of the arguably the best pitchers in, in our game right now. And as the, as, a, as a Met, if you're a Met player, you just got to move on and, you know, get ready for – uh, um, not only the next couple of games, because the division still, um, even though, you know, if the Mets lose one, the Braves win one, you know, the Braves end up winning the division, but um, you still have something there to play for and you have to be ready for the playoffs. So you, you have to move on and, you know, kind of just chalk it up to a bad weekend. Alex, really good of you to mm-hmm. join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks guys. Good Thank- to be on. Take care. That's Alex Avia. He is MLB Network analyst, former MLB catcher. You can catch Alex across MLB Network's postseason programming. It'll air live before and after every postseason game. You can watch him in MLB tonight, today at 8 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, interesting hearing him talk about Jim Leland and how Jim Leland handled some of those situations with those Tigers teams, those early clinches. So it's not Um, a full day. He was trying to do that. You, you try and do a little of Basically, both. I think you play your starting lineup and then you pull a couple of guys out. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day you play your starting there lineup and is. you pull a couple of other guys out. So you want to keep them right and you want to keep them healthy and, you know, you want them over there supporting the other guys that come in who don't get to play every single but day. But I do think field field conditions have too. to play a role. I, absolutely, I do too. Weather, how cold it is, if it's raining. You got to be careful, especially in the outfield. You know, George Springer, he's a big deal. Like yeah. they're, he's going to help them go where they want to go. So it'd be that'd be interesting to see how John handles that. I know he's good. He's a great communicator, so he'll have conversations with certain people that are going to get some time off, and it's just good. You said this long ago. They need these games, these three games, at least the two games. So happen to not to matter. not matter. Yeah, they and got that's what happened. Yep. Absolutely. That's this is perfect case scenario. As perfect as you can possibly yep. have it in a season in which. Your division was essentially, you know, the Yankees have dominated the division. Sure. This is this is about this is about as good a year as you could get for the Blue Jays. Home field advantage through the wild card for for the wild card series. That's that's about given how good the Yankees were, given how good Houston is. This is about the best yeah. you could expect Bloody out of this healthy, situation. Bo's healthy, Springer's healthier. Yep. Uh, Manoa's healthy. Gosman is good enough to go. Like, your closer is good. You're, the rest of the main guys out of your pen's healthy. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, this just sort of lined up the way it was supposed to line up. And, and you know, the, the urgency of pitching guys. I go back to the Pittsburgh game where he uses uh, Garcia in the fifth inning. I just think that sent a message where that's when we're going to win this thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to put ourselves in positions now so when it comes to the last week of the season, we can sort of line up everything and have all systems go. So it's I think a couple of things were big around that time. And 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 Buck and Tabby talked about this last night in the telecast. I think Bo's performance in that doubleheader in, in, oh, yeah. in Baltimore, that mm-hmm. was kind of a it was kind of a sign that something was happening. The way John managed the Pittsburgh series, mm-hmm. same thing. There was I don't. I'm not a big believer in saying that the light switch goes on because I. I just. I don't think baseball is that type of game necessarily. But at some point, things started to fall in place for this team, and and ultimately, 
ultimately this weekend, you know, beating down the Boston Red Sox and going into Baltimore and now being in a position where the last two games of the year sure. don't mean anything. I Honestly, I can't, other than winning the AL East, I don't see how this played out any better. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think they had a bunch of guys that played every day trying to turn their season around and be better. And I think, quite frankly, they had a manager who wants to be a manager for years to come. Yes which was going to throw the kitchen sink at you. If he had to do something against Pittsburgh in the fifth inning, he's doing it. And I I just, <laughs> I think everything came together. And as an organization, now they can look back at all those games and, and say, man, we did exactly what we needed to do to have the last two games not matter. Yeah. Uh, big shout out, by the way, as well. I was going to do this at the start of the show. Rob Thompson uh, from Sarnia, Ontario, the manager. Mm-hmm. And, and Corona, Ontario, the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are in the postseason for the first time since 2011. They got in yesterday, so well done to Rob Thompson. We've also got to talk about Albert Pujols again. He's the greatest right-handed hitter I've ever seen walk earth. You know, he's hit more home runs. That, that Somebody posted this. I can't remember the date, but he's hit more home runs than Mike Trout over like the last whatever it is. Yeah. Month in or something 40s. like that. In his 40s. Yeah, he's you know adjusted. What? He's made adjustments. You, you, you adapt to who you are in your career, and you've seen him. He used to be a guy who was wide, had a knee turn, sort of like Teoscar's got. You know, he would just drive down and through, wanted to get it down and through. He was thinking about that. He could create that, create some backspin, hitting the bottom part of the ball to get to the big finish. He could use the entire field. You get older, what happens to you? Your back gets slower. So how do you do Combat that, you try and generate a little bit more loft in your swing. So when you do catch it, you're catching it because now you have tremendous leverage with your lower half that with that leg kick and now you get it down on time and you have good rotation that your barrel is making up for some lack of bat speed. I love it. Like he's just sort of bought into beginning of the year. Okay, I'll play against some lefties. I'll try and do the best I can. I know where I'm at in my career. I'm trying to hit 700 homers. Now all of a sudden... He's a weapon, and he can hit in a meteor order, and he's going to be a big deal for them in the playoffs, which is, for me, that's, I mean, he's got over 700 big ones. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that, that is sick. A couple of things. First of all, I don't think anybody complaining about the DH being used in the National nope. League anymore. Uh, I never did anyway. No, neither neither did I. But there were people out there who thought it was, you know, some sort of bastardization of the National League. Um if it wasn't for the DH, we wouldn't have Albert's season. But secondly, the fact that in his final year, not only is he reaching some of these standards, but Kevin, he has a possibility, he has a chance to have a good postseason as well. Mm-hmm. If you were going to end a long career, this is, is there a better way to go out than he's going out right now? I mean, win a World Series would be the best thing, yeah. right? But. I mean, I, I guess they have a chance. They're sort of the underdog. Uh, they're the lunch pail team of baseball. I mean, I you know what? I'll put it this way. It's a, it's better than how I thought his career was going to end when he was with the Angels. And I, we were looking at it. And he just didn't look like he, 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 he was interested two, and they weren't interested. He had in two him. seasons in one season of basically they were playing him against lefties because yeah. they thought they had to because yeah. they brought him back and where he's at in his career where he's trying to hit seven, 700. That's a lot of big ones. And then, then all of a sudden he starts to get hot and he's hitting velocity now against a right-handed pitcher and he's doing it to the pull side 
which that'll tell you that he's seeing the ball, he's letting it travel, he can still do things in the phone booth, Mm -hmm. which when you're in your 40s, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do because, you know, a lot has to take place. A to B has to be real quick. Yeah. It's, and it's just it's so impressive to see him add the leg kick. And he's having so much fun. That's what I like. He's yeah. having so much fun. It's just he's a remote stopper. And yeah. I love it. I love the sort of the way he's played this out. Keep the balls if you want. You know, yeah. whatever. I love the way he's played this out. And it's me too. You know, Aaron Judge is the big story this year. Shohei Otani's a big story. But for me... Watching Albert Pujols do what he's doing this year in in meaningful games. Well, I love baseball. Is uh, it, it's 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 really one of my favorite stories of this particular season. And I really kind of hope it continues in the postseason as well. It would be fun to see it. It would be fun to see Albert have a couple of bombs in a playoff oh, be game. It'd be spectacular. Yeah. Uh, DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. And when we come back, Ryan Spielborg's host of Loud Outs and MLB Network Radio will join us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. There's a such a thing? No. If there's anybody that would know that, it'd be you. I was trying to convince Barker that he should go out and get an electric rake. (laughs) Because you broke that rake that you said nobody can break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know if there's such a thing as an electric rake. Maybe you should stop boozing up whenever you're doing your yard. You wouldn't fall in your rake. I'm not boozing up when I do the yard. I have a cigar, one cigar and a beer when I'm doing the yard. Trying to rake, use your rake in the yard. Just, How do you do that? What? Double fist and rake I at am the not, same time. I'm not double I mean? fisting beers while I rake. <laughs> I'm not. I I put the beer down. I have the cigar and I rake. It's just, it's not that complicated. It's not? No. That's pro. Your family's so proud, I bet. What? <laughs> Where's Papa Blair at? He's boozing, raking in the yard. Raking with his <laughs> glass of bourbon and a cigar. Oh, man. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, it's cool, but you know, I wouldn't do it. Well, anyhow. Uh, 7.05, first pitch tonight. Is as it 7.05? Yes, the Jays and the Orioles play the second of a three-game series, the final series of the year for the Blue Jays. They have clinched. Home field for the wild card series or the first round series still to be determined is whether they will face the Seattle Mariners or the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mariners magic number to clinch the second wild card spot is two. Uh, The Rays do hold the tiebreaker. So as we've been saying all along, goal number one for the Blue Jays was to get into the playoffs. Goal number two was to make this final series as irrelevant as possible, allow them to get their ducks lined up for the postseason. And that you know, basically the Jays have, have checked off almost every box. And I guess they, what they've got 91 wins with another win. They hit the 92 win mark, which mm-hmm. my colleague to the left here, Mr. Barker, uh, that was the number of wins you had the Jays down for at the start of the year was 92. Yep. So you may hit it dead on. I got lucky. Which is pretty good. Uh, Ryan Spielborgs is host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio. 
and uh, we appreciate him joining us. We're continuing trying to get a national perspective on the Toronto Blue Jays and on their postseason hopes. Ryan, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. Uh, sorry you had to put up with the discussion about me raking the yard with a cigar and a bourbon, but it does it, it is something that for some reason has has really intrigued intrigued well, Mr. Barker. Funny more than anything. Um, no, it's not really that funny. It, so, if you're the Blue Jays and you know you have home field advantage, doesn't matter who you face in the first round of the playoffs. Who would you rather face if you were the Jays, the Mariners or the Rays? Yeah, if you guys told me you guys were doing your your yard with cowboy boots and a speedo while doing that, I would be like super impressed. Yeah, I'd be super impressed. Me too. But yeah, you guys are not. So um, I don't think it really matters if you're the Jays. You got you you have to win no matter what. And I think if you start looking for like, well, who's the better matchup? Um, because it like this postseason and the way that it's set up, the the way it's designed is you still have to beat some form of the Yankees in Houston to get to the World Series. And so, like, <laughs> you still have a ways to go. Um, you know, like the first round, I think if you if the Blue Jays play their brand of baseball uh, against Seattle or Tampa, they should be able to, to get through whoever they match up against. Like, I don't think, I don't think one team – I don't think Toronto has a has an advantage over one team over another. I think the advantage already is home field advantage, and then the way that they're playing baseball right now. They're they're playing high quality baseball. They're probably playing the best brand of baseball they have in the the last two years, which I I think is really important for them. Um, I think they've they've kind of needed to play, you know, to this level to get through. Otherwise, like I I don't see like I don't. I don't think there's a team better than the than the Houston Astros in the American League. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to beat them, you have to be at your best, <laughs> at your mm. very very best. And so like that's that's where if you're the Blue Jays, like they should be paying attention to every fine detail to be able to take on and and beat a team. You know, prepare yourself to to win this round and win the next round, and then prepare to beat the Astros. Do you see a big weakness with the Jays? You know, uh, here's here's a weakness that I've seen for years with them, and they remind me so much of the Padres. And like, I think if you're if you're an athlete, you understand this. They're emotional. They're very emotional. So like, teams that are, and, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. Uh, it's just it's just what they are. Um, you know, like I, I look at again. I'll, I'll reference the Astros. I'll reference the Dodgers. I'll reference the the Atlanta Braves. Those teams are not emotional. They're they're like surgical in how they go and they play. Um, you know, like teams like the Padres. I saw it this year with the White Sox. I've seen it with Toronto. You know, like there's excitement. Seattle's emotional. Um, you know, when when teams when teams like if they get on a roll, they get on a roll. If they don't get on a roll, then things go sour in a hurry. So, and I think that's part of their personality, which which makes them fun to watch. Uh, Vladdy, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry about that. But but I was going to say, but like emotion, emotion is like something that can derail a team in a hurry. So I I would look at Toronto and, you know, like that's part of their character. That's, Mm. you know, they, they, they do their yard with the beer and a rake and a cigar. So like, (laughs) 
Ah, I saw what you did there. Vlad, Vladdy's hitting 273 with 32 big ones and 97 RBIs. In your mind, good year or great year? Um, I mean, those are numbers I've never done before Man. in my life. So, like, no. like that that would be a great year. Um, you know, and, and even, I mean, we, we understand, like, you're not going to be able to put up MVP years year after year after year. I mean, it's just, like, it's it's so hard. So, uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, in comparison to the rest of the league, that's a great year. I mean, that's a that's a great year. <laughs> People would kill to hit 30 home runs in, in a season, and so like that's that's a great year. And I think the the year that he had last year was an exceptional year. You know, it's one of those career years. So um, can he, you know, can he get better? Sure, but I mean, like the reality of it is the game adjusts and. He still threw up some big numbers. I like his walk rate in the last couple of weeks. I think he's been taking high quality at bats. Um, so yeah, I, I mean he's a he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. So anything anything he does, I mean it's under the microscope. Uh, but I, I I think what he put up, you know, numbers wise, those are those are great numbers. Ryan, at this stage of the season, the Jays have two games left, weather permitting. What are what are individual players trying to do here? You know, ne- never mind what the team is trying to do. But what what are what are individual players trying to do? What's a guy like George Springer or Bo Bichette trying to do? Whit Merrifield, uh, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. What are these guys trying to do in the past couple of games, or the, the, the last couple of games? I'm sorry. Yeah, they're they're trying not to get hurt. They they just want to tune up. I mean, they're already tuned up, so. You're just trying to survive the last two games. There, there really isn't. I mean, if your timing's off, let's say somebody's timing at the plate is off, they, they might be, you know, trying to get their timing back on, whether they start their swing early. Um, I mean, they're, they're just trying to feel good. That's that's basically, you want to you want to head into the postseason, even though it's a clean slate, with your good your good timing. That's, that's probably first and foremost. It's something I remember um, our guys wanting to do, especially we clinched in 2009, with about four days to go. And, right. and you know, our, our regulars were just, we just didn't want to get anybody hurt. <laughs> Nobody mm. on our plus side in our bullpen. We, we didn't want them hurt. We just, you just wanted everybody kind of going into that postseason um, ready to go, like ready to rock. Uh, with Aaron Judge, what would the conversation be like if he does not hit another homer? Do you think? Um, I think there's some disappointment from, you know, from Yankee fans, you know, they're upset that nobody's throwing him underhand so he can hit 62. Uh, I think in, I think for for Aaron, like, this this is a historic year. It goes down as one of the you know, top ten offensive seasons ever in Major League Baseball history. Um, I don't think it really mattered to me if, if he had a triple crown or if he hit 62, you know, based on the magnitude of what he did this year. Um, I mean, it'd be really nice. I think some of those things are nice to get to 62 and, and win a triple crown. I think, like, you know, they, they, it, it has, like, a, a special ring uh, to the rest of the baseball world. But to, you know, people like ourselves that look at the season and, and the totality of it and we measure it up against other historical years, I mean, nobody has done what, what Aaron Judge has done as a six foot eight right-handed hitter <laughs> with power. To hit for you know for slug and on base and you know to to hit for you know of the RBIs and and batting average I mean like it really is it's a remarkable remarkable season OPS numbers 
through the roof. Like we've we've never seen numbers like that before. So I mean, like, yeah, if he gets a sixty-two, that'd be that'd be really awesome. If he wins a triple crown, sweet. Like that's great. Um, but it, as far as like the overall, kind of similar to um, what we just said with with Guerrero, like this season is is like that's a special year. It's a really special year um, from a special player. Ryan, I know that you've had a chance to see the Dodgers lately, the Dodgers and Rockies. What uh, you know, we obviously we focus in the American League here, and we talked about I think Houston and Houston and the Yankees are far, far and away. Uh, Houston certainly, I think, is far and away the best team in the American League. Is there anybody that can give the Dodgers a run? I mean, I've been in, and it doesn't make me a genius, but I, I called the Braves to win the National League at sure. the start of the year. I still think they can beat the Dodgers in a series, but I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering how you see the National League playing out. Yeah, I see it the same way you do. Um, I think Atlanta's the best team in the National League. I think the Atlanta Braves are um, are, are the team to beat. I mean, if and I, I had to hold on that one. I've been seeing it about Atlanta for, for months now. I keep saying, like, Atlanta's better than New York. Atlanta's better um, than people realize. Like, they're just they're just rolling, and they've they've rolled now for four months. It's not like they just rolled for last weekend. <laughs> they've, been, they've been, like, dismantling teams. They're really, really good. They're really good. And they have a pitching staff that's underrated. They play high-quality defense. They're a matchup nightmare from their bullpen. Um, they pop homers. They take walks. Like, they're, they, they to me, are the team to beat. I, they could beat the Astros. They could beat the Yankees. They could beat anybody. Um, and I, I think the one thing that you had to wait for with Atlanta was that they had to win their division. Um, the division and, and having these buys, I think are such a benefit. We've never seen it before, so we don't know. Um, but this postseason format, the way that it's set up, um, I believe it's set up for these teams that have the buy. And if you have the buy, you have a massive, massive advantage. Something that um, you know it's way different than just the one game wild card game that we've had in the past. So I think Atlanta, now that they've clinched the division, they get those those couple days off. They can set their their rotation. Um, they can beat either. It's, I think it's either the Cardinals or the Padres right now. If, if they have to, the way that the records are set, um, I don't think they'll have any problem with with either of those teams. And as much as I, I enjoy watching the Dodgers, the Dodgers are are literally a perfect team. Yeah. Like they are. Yeah. They're 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 a perfect team. But Atlanta's better. Um, and and so like I, we'll see how it plays out. But this. But you're right. I mean that that is that is the team. That is the team of the National League that's a defending champ. And um, if you go to Atlanta to play them, it's like in Toronto. Like, good luck. (laughs) That's a hostile environment, man. That is a hostile environment. What's going on with the White Sox? Uh, I mean, the White Sox are emotional. Same type of thing. Like, they're they're just I mean even hearing Liam Hendricks yesterday after you know word of Tony Larusa retiring, you know Hendricks is saying they need an authoritarian manager. So that to me seems like the clubhouse is is kind of like chaotic and you know like lacks rules and structure, um, and like that's that's a bad sign. I mean like that's that's clubhouse. Um, it's, it's, it reminds me of the Padres. The Padres have gone through this stuff the last couple of years too. When things don't go their way, they quit. Uh, the Padres quit on Andy Green three years ago, and they 
quit on Jason Tingler a year ago. And so, like, hmm. they, you know, with Bob, uh, with Bob now, Bob Melvin, you know, they kind of got that authoritarian manager, and, and it, it still almost slipped through the cracks. So, you know, to me, it, it seems like there's there's some problems within the clubhouse with the players who they have in there and trying to clean that thing up. Ryan, really good of you to join yeah. us today. Thanks so much, Great man. Stuff. Terrific Thank insight. You. Have fun. You got it, guys. Have Take fun. care. You too, man. Thank you. That's Ryan Spielberg's host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio. Um, he was a nice hitter when he played, man. Yeah. Uh, Tried that, hard. He did. Yeah, he was no, a trier. He, 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 he Absolutely. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He earned his career. Let's, no question. That's let's well put said. it that way. There he absolutely yeah. earned his uh Earned his career. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy, that's interesting though. I mean, I you know, I Ryan obviously because of the stuff he does with the, the Rockies pays more attention in the National League than we do. But he was pretty quick about the Braves. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not. It's kind of a captain. Obviously, the, the Braves are good, but um, home field advantage maybe a little bit. I know the Dodgers yeah. have that throughout the World Series, but man, I I just think the the Braves would have about every counter move that you have against a team. They would have something to counter move an that move exactly, absolutely, and I think that's a little, that's going to be a little bit much to overcome, and and it'd be fun. It'll be fun to see somebody other than the Dodgers doing yeah. what the Dodgers. Well, and of course, do. and the the Braves also have a, the added a Braves Blue Jays World Series. Are you kidding me? The Braves <laughs> also have a uh, you know, ha- have the added benefit uh, as well. Those young guys have won. I mean, they won a World Series. Like they're. they're uh, Asby yeah. Swanson and, and he's uh, playing for a deal. He's not going to be over overwhelmed by things. Max Fried's not going to be overwhelmed. That's None enough. of those guys are going to be overwhelmed by things. Yeah, yeah, they've been, been there, there, done it before. They've been there at a, uh, at a at a at a very young age, mm-hmm. and and they're um, fun to watch. I mean, I, I you use that I word a lot, are. fun to watch, but they are fun to watch. They're young. They're going to be around forever. They got athletes coming out of the yin yang. Oh, they do. They really do. Yeah. They've got athletes who can play coming out of the yin-yang, which is even more important. Mm-hmm. It is that time of the show, Barker's Backleg Bits, where uh, we allow you, the listener or the viewer, or both, mm-hmm. I guess it can be both, to uh, pick the mind of, uh, pick through the mind, Kevin Barker. Good luck. SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle. And uh, you can DM me or you can reach us in the text line at... Uh, 590, 590. This is a good one. I'm going to throw this out here. Hey, Jeff, huge fan of both you and Barker. You guys make my mornings. I play professional hockey in the minors in Port Huron, Michigan, and I have you guys playing in the locker room in the morning. The mornings. Even the Americans are starting to become Jays fans for the playoffs. Nice. Question for you. Do you think with the way Wood has been swinging the bat that it's a tougher decision to get Espinal in there even if he's 100% come Friday. Secondly, the same question could be discussed for Tapia and Lourdes. Tapia provides a real good left-handed option and heavily right-handed. I, or to just wondering what you think. Absolutely. Thanks. And, uh, thank, thanks, Sam. Thanks for listening. And uh, hope you have a, hope you have a great year this year. I think Witt's last two weeks has eliminated Espinal from starting. Now, he'll come. He may come in late in game for defensive purposes. And Tapia, for me, starting against the right-handed pitcher in left field. Yeah, yeah I think. I'm with you on that. So if it's Castillo, okay, against, here's the, if it's Castillo, it's Tapia starting in left field. What do you need? Does Lourdes Gurriel Jr. make your roster if he can't play in the outfield? Absolutely. The threat. I mentioned okay. this to begin the show. Right. It gives that manager something to think about. 
Because their bench is, you know, it's ah, like, do they scare you? No, they're good defensive players. That's about it, right? It's it's not that com- competition when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. But with Lourdes over there, you know, you got to make good pitches, even if he hasn't had some at-bats and, and done that down the stretch here. So, yeah, I think there's a spot for him, but it ain't starting. Now, maybe if it's, uh, you know, it's uh, – it's the big guy, uh, McClanahan, in mm-hmm. with the Rays. Now, you may have to start him just because Tapia against left. He's just not had the, the best at bats. But I just like what Tapia brings. He's healthy. He runs around with his hair on fire. It's rare that he makes a bonehead play. I mean, when's the last time you went, you threw your hands up in the air and went, well, you kidding me? What are you doing? It's rare. So, I like that. He's predictable. Daryl in Toronto wants to see Seattle because of what the pitcher did. Who was it that made the sweeping motion? Remember the uh, the Mariners reliever when they uh, when they swept the Jays? He was walking off. He was walking off the field and he did the sweeping motion. Yeah, I'm not Castillo and and Robbie Ray and Gilbert. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I, just keep it quiet. Go out and do your job. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not certain that I'd be the revenge motive would be no, big right I don't think now. So either. And he said, I want to move on to Springer's homecoming in Houston to take <clears> them out. <throat> then the Yankees, if you get there, if they get there, that is next level. Just think about that. It, it, I don't even want to go that far. Just imagine if you, you are. If, if you could take out the Astros <laughs> and the Yankees. Like, just think about what think about what that, that would take. Well, think Barrios, about what Barrios, that would Barrios. Barrios is what it would Vladdy take. Vladdy would have to be out of his mind. And well. Barrios. Would have to do something that he hasn't done in a while. Love this. Chris in air. I am a genie in a bottle. Chris, not me, Kevin. I'm not a genie in a bottle. So Chris is saying, Kevin, I'm a genie in a bottle. Stop it. (laughs) Jesus. I thought I'd rub it. See. (laughs) Well, give me. I mean, that's just. It was just a Get little shocking. I like I like knowing when people are going to rub me. Okay, I like I like getting some getting a heads up I'm, when it, someone's going to rub surprise me. Surprise guy. Anyhow, so uh, yeah. I hit you when you ain't looking. Well, <laughs> Chris Chris says he's a genie in a bottle. I could give you one more high quality starter or two quality left handed bats for the playoffs. What would you choose? Starter. Huh? Over over two quality left handed well, bats. On, depends on where they would play. Where where the lefty? Because they have obviously they they would not have been in the lineup up until this point of the season. So where are they playing? So I'd rather have the starter. All right, starty wouldn't even think, he probably I wouldn't even I'm, use the starter I in the first I'm, round. Well, I think I'm getting past that because I'm at home. Mm. And I'm know. just asking, where would you put him? Second. I mean, I mean, I. That's a great question. Well, I, you know what? I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. Second Braves, base would be the second did, base would be the How place. did the Braves win the World Series last year? A couple of dudes offensively got hot. One of them was right-handed. And a plethora of pitching. Maybe the question is, what mm. would I take? I'm going to throw something in there. What about a power lefty reliever? A good lefty reliever. All right. All right. Give me uh, six Gorlis. Jim, somewhere in Highway 7. Uh, hey, Kevin and Jeff, longtime listener. Love you guys. Thank My father you. passed away this morning, and the last thing he texted me was how much he loves Manoa. He was looking forward to oh. seeing him throw game one. I'm listening to you guys as I drive to be with the family, and you're putting a sorry smile on my loss. face. Yeah, uh, Jim, we are sorry for your loss, mm-hmm. and uh, 
we'll be uh, we'll be thinking of you Absolutely. today. And thanks so much for the kind words. And uh, yeah, I think I everybody's think, happy. Manoa's throwing in game. Uh, I think a lot of people are happy that <laughs> including these, including John Snyder. Yeah, I think a lot of people are happy that these two games. Can uh, I stop lying now and just say anything. he's starting game one? <laughs> yeah. Now we appreciate the uh, the text, Jim. And again, our yeah. thoughts are with you. Uh, our Absolutely. thoughts are with you and your family. 7.05 is first pitch tonight from Baltimore, weather permitting. Two games left in the regular season. The Jays will be at home for the first round of the playoffs starting Friday. Could be the Seattle Mariners. Could be the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mariners' magic number to uh, clinch the second wild card spot is two. And we will see. Uh, we'll see what today brings. I thought Detroit was going to roll over for him, but I guess they're not. Yeah, so much for that easy schedule we were talking about, right? Ask the Seattle Mariners how easy the schedule is. That's it for us. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. Following the game, we'll be back tomorrow from ten to noon Eastern. Have yourselves a great day.